Red Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Hot Take Tuesday, a day late because of the Monday wraparound. So even though it's Wednesday, still Hot Take Tuesday, same format. Jason Kelly, Charlie Smith with me tonight. How are you, gentlemen? I uh, wish I could be better, but, you know, hopefully for a better a better weekend coming up for the Red Sox. Let's hope so. After we drop two games to Atlanta. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for adding that foot in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you haven't listened to Hot Take Tuesday before, we kind of reached out, got – people involved on social media to submit a hot take and we would read it on the air. There were tons of them. I picked 10. If, if yours didn't make the cut, I apologize, but uh, we'll roll with the ones we, we do have picked out. We'll start off a little light. Andrew and Tasha on Facebook said, it's hard to like Marwin Gonzalez because he is David Price's doppelganger. That's brutal. That's not fair to Marwin. Oh, wow. I mean, uh, okay. I, I thought that was going to read like, it's hard to like Marwin Gonzalez because he sucks or, you know, <laughs> because, because he can't hit or because he makes one good defensive play every seven days and Red Sox nation loses their mind over it. Um, the fact, uh, is he David Price's doppelganger? I mean, I guess a little bit. The beard. Looks, the beard. Cousins. The, the beard. Cousins. Yeah, the beard does it, but I don't know. He's not as much of a whiny bitch as David Price. <laughs> I guess, I guess that, that saves him a little bit. So it's a little harsh, but eh. I'll go with a little harsh. I'd say maybe you could make a pass for possibly cousins or something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what's more offensive, to suck really bad or resemble David Price? I think it's the latter. Yeah, resembling David Price is way worse, yeah. Okay. Andrew DeSanti, one of my good buddies on Facebook. I called him by the wrong first name last time. I apologize, Andrew. Um, Sticking kind of with the theme, he says... I went to Perez the Perez Day game and Marwin was the best pitcher. So that's something you don't think you'd be telling some people after the game that that was your big takeaway. I mean, look at the guy's career. Look at Martin Perez's career. Again, I you know, he was uh he was a top prospect with the Rangers and if you're a top pitching prospect the Rangers that means you probably suck uh, you're probably not that good because when's the last time the Rangers had a great homegrown pitcher uh, it's been a long time so uh, it doesn't surprise me I hope that this is just a one-off I hope that he turns it around but uh, not looking good so far no I can't talk about Martin Perez right now I can't do it it, it still hurts I mean Back-to-back starts of just being rubbish. He needs to right the ship. This one hurts too much. Apparently, 
at least one of Marwin's fastballs reached 90 miles an hour on the gun. So he's already ahead of Brian Johnson, Henry Owens. So <laughs> pretty good. And Ryan, and Ryan Weber. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Mark Gapsky on Facebook says, how long are we going to go with Santana? Not a fan. He's horrible. Yeah, I think he's like three for his last 30 something uh, ever since he hit that home run in his first at bat. So, again, another guy from Texas. What a shocker. A former Texas Ranger still blows. Um, He had that one good season. But apart from that, he's just kind of been a jag his whole career. And he's looking like worse than a jag now. He's looking like a guy who doesn't belong in a major league roster. So, um I like the fact that he's versatile, but apart from that, yeah, he, yeah, he, he sucks. He sucks, but he doesn't suck as much as Franchi. <laughs> two for 28 in the month of June. He's at least gotten two hits in 52 at bats. I mean, what, like, really? People got super excited because he had two home runs in his first two games. He went two for eight with two solo home runs. He's three for 40 since. Still better than Franchi, but I still don't think this is the answer. How he's still here blows my mind. Michael Chavis got called up on Monday. You have to think one of those guys isn't going to be here by Friday. Let's hope so. Good God. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I like Danny Santana, and, you know, he's pretty steady as a defender, but got to be hitting better than 104, and he is not. Steve Mollo on Facebook says, who do you see as a possible trade target? And then he speculates further. Could it be a starting pitcher? Ooh, um, that's a good question. So I would love for them. I I know the Giants are doing really well right now, but I don't imagine that's going to last. I think the Giants at some point are going to fall off a cliff. And if they do, try to get Kevin Gaussman. I mean, he's on a one-year deal. He's on. He got the qualifying offer. He's having a great year out in San Francisco. Like, they're not going to last. The Giants suck. Like, we can all agree. This is this is fool's gold. It's not going to last. So once they fall off the cliff in July, then see what you can get for Gaussman. I think he'd be. He's had experience in the American League East. Go get that guy. I would love that. I. Oh, and Gaussman, what's is he on a one-year deal? Yeah, he took the qualifying offer, so he's on a one-year deal. I, I don't know which player I'd want to get. I feel like going for someone that can do, you know, utility stuff. No, I, I don't know. I don't care about that anymore. We have enough enough players that are doing that. What would it take to get? like a Ryan McMahon type talent. I mean, he's having a crazy year in Colorado and it certainly helps when you're playing at cores, but you, you don't want to spend any money. 
you're going to have to get someone who's – that's a really good question. Who would we get? I'd want someone who knows how to run the bases and steal bases. I, I don't want any more of these guys that – you know, I, I mean, just the past week in general, I don't think I've seen so many – so many people get picked off in the dumbest things, period. I actually think that's a great question. I will personally respond to that when I've given that one a little bit more thought. Well, you know, it's funny how uh, Jason went off on that tangent. Um, well, let me first of all say I'm still looking at a bat. I'm extremely concerned about pitching suddenly. I, I wasn't a week and a half ago. But we're getting sale back. Voldy apparently isn't a cheater. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of hoping that um, the pitching works out because this offense, maybe it gets into the playoffs, but it doesn't advance in the playoffs. So I just feel like we need a bat somewhere. I don't know if it's a power bat to plug in right after Devers or maybe a spark plug type contact hitter to finally put in that leadoff spot if it if Duran just doesn't pan out. Uh, so somewhere an impact bat that's going to help out, that's my trade target. But uh, there was... I'm looking for it now because I didn't plan on reading it. Uh, here it is. Paul Canazero on Twitter says the Yankees won't make the playoffs, but the San Francisco Giants will. So he's under the impression that they will. Um, I'll say this. Jason could be right. They could fall off the cliff in July. They're not going to beat the Dodgers. The, The Dodgers are only one game behind. They're coming. They got Bellinger back. Bauer's going to have an interesting remainder of the season, but he's going to, I'm sure, be competitive one way or the other. But I expect I expect the Dodgers to win that division. Padres probably going to be a wild card. So realistically, the Giants would have to win the second wild card. So the East is kind of trash right now. So you might be able to rule out a lot of those. Not sure about the Central. Can the Brewers make a case against the Cubs to get that last wild card? I don't know. I don't know. I will say this, though. I mean, it's crazy. The entire Giants rotation, Anthony Desclofani came from uh, Cincinnati. Just couldn't couldn't find it in Cincinnati. Seemed to find it in San Francisco. Kevin Gosman, kind of a journeyman, had some ups and downs with Baltimore uh, Atlanta as well, and now seems to be pitching pretty well the last couple of years out in San Francisco. Alex Wood went started with the Dodgers, pitched a hell of a World Series game uh, in, I think that was 2017, took a no-hitter, I think, into the seventh inning of it. Or no, that was 2018, I th- or was it? I can't remember. It might have been. I don't think it was against us, actually. So that it would have been 2017 against the Astros. I get my Dodgers World Series mixed up. You know, they lost them both until, you know, 2020, which may or may not have counted. But, um, but yeah, so Alex Woods kind of, he's been injury prone, but he's pitched well at times. Johnny Cueto having a decent year. Who saw that coming? 
Speaking about not being able to stay healthy, uh, Aaron Sanchez is out there. They just signed Scott Casimir. They love these scrap heap guys. They've made a rotation out of it, and so far it's working. But is it sustainable? Who knows? Jason doesn't think so. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna join Jason's camp right now. The more yeah. I think about all these other teams making a run, it's just it's harder. But uh, if Paul ends up being right. Blow up our Twitter accounts, and uh, we'll, we'll give you your props. Uh, all right, so I was going to do that one towards the end. Uh, let's see. Let's go with this. There's no way this is the name on this guy's birth certificate. Flossie Parisi Joe Kirkio. Flossie Parisi Joe Kirkio. I just said it a second time without looking. Uh on Facebook says the Sox are no better than a 500 team, lousy pitching, and spotty offense will lose ball games. Now we were in the last show I think we did together. We were like, "Oh, 92 wins, yeah, no problem." And now it's like, "Eh." So I, it's this is a bipolar season. <laughs> like one week yeah. is different from the other. Um, I don't know. Where are you guys with that one? So I said before the year, 83 wins. Um, I was at 83 from the start. I, I'm still kind of maintaining that, but that's not far off from 500. I mean, that's two losses from 500, so he two may not more. be wrong. Yeah, I mean, especially if they keep pitching like this, holy crap. Yeah, they, they may be under 500. So it's not far-fetched to say that. Like, it's not far-fetched to say that they actually do have mediocre pitching and – if the offense doesn't completely, if the offense doesn't score like eight, nine runs a night, then they may not win ball games. So um, I, I don't think that's completely out of the realm of possibility that they're a 500 team or worse, quite frankly. I think that if the Red Sox keep showing what we just saw in this most recent series, I don't think it'll be as low as my 71 count, but uh, I might hedge bets on the 80, 87, 88 that I think that they could potentially have gotten. Um, I don't think that this series was an outlier. I think this is a warning sign. So this very well could be a 500 team, maybe a game or two above 500, maybe like an 84 and 78 team. Just based on what we saw, I think it's possible. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if this team goes on a six or seven game losing streak. I hate to say it, but we still haven't even seen the injuries yet. And we know that's coming. And officially, I have them at 78, so just a, a shade under uh, 500. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Flossie, Parisi, Joe Kirkio could uh, could be onto something. <laughs> Uh, okay. We kind of covered this on the last episode. Uh, James Capalupo the third on Twitter. Ryan Weber had the worst outing of the century for the Red Sox. I'd be curious to know if anyone's given up 11 runs prior to this. Um, didn't Charlie Zink do it? When he was a member of the Red Sox, I gotta look him up. Charlie Zink, MLB reference. Let me let me take a look because he also had a really really ugly stat line. 
While uh, he while, gave up. while Charlie's Wake- looking that up, I I feel like Wakefield had a couple of ten plus run outings. Okay, during eight, his eight stint. So Charlie Zink had one career start, eight runs on eleven hits and four and a third, and that was against oh god, was it Oakland? I gotta look this up. Um, it was against Texas. That's right. That was the game where he gave up eight runs in four and a third. And he didn't get the loss because we won 19 to 17 that game. Just stupid. Um, there was a starter that the Red Sox had that gave up a boatload of runs to the Yankees. I just don't remember if it was 11. Um, you could be right about Wakefield, though, because he was told prior to starts, listen, if you don't have it, we still have to ride you, you know, deep into the game yeah. because bullpen's tired. You know, Francona would do that. So we'll see. Oh, sirens. They're not coming for me, I swear. Uh, right. Let's get into a couple of these. I had to keep on Twitter because uh, they were long. So let's go with Tom Fitzgibbons Sr. on Facebook. He says, it's all about the pitching. We've seen two extremes. They weren't as good as they started, and they're not as bad as they have been recently. They're somewhere in between. And this is the interesting part, and I I think he raises a, a really good question here. They're going to get stuck in this nebulous area of not obviously being buyers nor obviously being sellers at the deadline. So what does Bloom do? So let's frame it this way. You're 500 at the deadline. What do you do? Right. And and I think because it's Kai and Bloom, I think that he will sell. I I don't see Kai and Bloom buying uh, or at least not buying high. Like anyone who expects Kyan Bloom to go out and get a Trevor story or any of these big names that are going to be on the market at the July deadline, it's not going to happen. He's, he's not a buyer. He's a guy. I, I, he traded Andrew Benatendi for Franchi Cordero and a bunch of young guys who might be something or they might suck. But he's like, I want young guys who I know nothing about. And we, here we go. So, I think they're going to be sellers at the deadline, if anything. Um, I honestly could see them having a deadline where they do nothing. They make like a really minor move here and there, but they ultimately do nothing. And hopefully by then they're not just treading water to a 500 end of the year. But, you know, Tom brings up a good point. It's like these Red Sox starters, like they're not as bad as we've seen, but they're not as good as they were at the beginning of the year. What does that mean? That means they're mediocre. Mediocre starting rotations don't get you a World Series. So um, that's kind of the harsh reality of that. How, how, how does that song go? Dream on, dream on, dream. It, it's. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna second Jason on this. Um, I, I just. I, mm-mm. Well, here's the question. (laughs) I I get what Jason pointed out, and I get that that's Bloom's history. 1,000%. We've seen him spend zero dollars. It's pennies that he's spending. The most money he spent 
was on Kike Hernandez. Three million here, three million there, one point five million there. Veterans minimum here. He's hundred percent a seller. He doesn't want to spend money. He he already thinks he's putting a quality product on the field by spending pennies. Like this is just who he is. Yeah. Well, the the question I'm raising though is, despite his history, which you guys have pointed out. Is that good enough for Red Sox ownership to miss the playoffs again, to risk lower ratings? To I don't know about you guys, and somebody else pointed this out, and I didn't add it to the list, but that crowd hasn't really sold out. I mean, you're not seeing you're you're seeing like mid to upper twenty thousands, uh, you know, for attendance, and I think they max out between thirty seven and thirty eight thousand. So. Is it worth risking even lower attendance, even lower ratings, and maybe less faith in the team come next spring training is my concern. Yeah, I just – I wonder about like if – okay, if the Red Sox ownership is worried about ticket sales and worried about, you know, making the playoffs and being buyers, why did they hire Kai and Bloom? Because, again, like if you bring him in – We've talked about the history, but you're also asking him to completely change his philosophy midway through the season. You're going to ask this guy who's been a seller and more of a farm system developer, and you're going to tell him, hey, uh, we need to make some money, so you have to sell Tristan Cassis and Jeter Downs for Trevor Story. And yeah, he may not sign here after that's done, but you know what? (laughs) But you know what? He'll come in and he'll hit a bunch of bombs, and we will we'll get into the playoffs and we'll we'll win a couple of playoff games. How's that sound? Like I can't imagine Kai and Bloom being okay with that. So it's it's a difference of philosophies. I hope that the Red Sox ownership recognizes that we brought in Bloom for a longer term picture. Yeah, we might take a hit in the first couple of years in ticket sales, but later on, if he's right and if he's as good as we think he is. It'll be worth it. Hey, uh, earlier we were talking about any any appearances that um, we had any starters give up 11 runs. And uh, I was able to come across one 1996, May 5th, for Tim Wakefield. Started the game, got pulled in the sixth, gave up 10 hits in five and two-thirds, 11 runs, one earned, five walks, six strikeouts. So bad defense? Is that what was going on? One That is one interesting stat line. He got rocked in the fourth, and and that's just all it was. Huh. Just blowout city. Who the hell was in the infield that day? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, let's see. Mo Vaughn, John oh. Valentin, Tim Naring, Will Cordero. Oof. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe that makes sense, son. That, yeah. that, that was Frankie's dad, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Will, Will's, uh, Will, Will and him are uh, from two different spots of the globe, I'm pretty sure. Right? So we'll get into the final one here, kind of cruise through this episode. Oh, well, that's the same one. Let's go back. So this is from... Ethan Pond on Twitter. He says, 
I can't understand why people are underestimating Tampa. Coming into this year, fresh off losing Snell and Morton, I can understand why some fans thought they might be worse, but this is what Tampa does. They win despite logic and facts. It's Tampa's division. Very accurate. Very accurate. Even when a team that seems like there's no way they're going to be able to compete, they still manage to get it done. The Tampa Bay Rays right now are leading the AL East by three games, correct? Two and a half. Close enough. Give them, give them 24 hours. I thought I thought it was three. Uh, so they lost Blake Snell. They lost Charlie Morton. Uh, who else did they lose? There was a third guy. That was the the flame throwing reliever who went to fill the Phillies. Oh, uh, Alvarado. Alvarado. Yeah. Uh, was it Jose Alvarado right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jose Alvarado. And here they are still dominating. You lost really good players. I'm not going to say great because Blake Snell's we nah whatever. Charlie Morton also kind of found himself later on in his career. Um, and then Alvarado just gunning it from the mound. And they're still doing it. Like, you're still here. It's like that scene from Hook with Robin Williams and the kids. They're going, you're doing it, Peter. You're doing it. They find a way to do great things with very with very little. I mean, the Tampa, Ray, Tampa Bay Rays are uniquely interesting for baseball. I don't want to say they're bad for baseball. But they're not great because they're telling all these other teams that spend hundreds of millions of dollars. Hey, we did it for just under five mil. Nice try. And and they're competitive. It's just it's bonkers. The Tampa Bay Rays are the Oakland Athletics of the AL East. Um, every year they ship away good talent. And every year they're still there. They're hanging around. They're either in first place or they're close to it. Um, and keep in mind, like, they didn't just lose Sel- Snell and Morton. They traded away Willie Adamas. They traded their they traded their starting shortstop at the beginning of the season. Like, what other team does that and then goes on to be in first place? Like, and Willie Adamas is no joke. He's a good player. Like, he's a really good shortstop. And they just traded him to Milwaukee for kind of nothing. And they're still winning. And Oakland did the same thing. Oakland, Oakland didn't re-sign Marcus Simeon, and we all said it like, oh, idiots, stupid. Can't believe you didn't re-sign him. And granted, Marcus Simeon's going off, so they still kind of look dumb, but they're in first place. And, you know, they got the corpse of Elvis Andrews playing shortstop right now, but it's working. Like, I don't know how these teams do it. it it's unbelievable. They just they have such a good pipeline of talent. They always have a young guy that comes up, and you've never heard of him, but he comes up, he makes a splash, and they always end up in first or second place or competing for a wild card. It's it's really admirable. Like the Red Sox are either on top of the world or they're in the basement. The Rays and the Athletics, they're always hanging around. They never have really those basement kind of years. And it's just I would much rather that. I mean, that that's a great way to live as a fan. It's really unbelievable. Yeah, and you look at 
Aaron Boone, he's failing right now because he doesn't know how to manage outside the box. Alex Cora, I'm not going to say he's failing, but he's scuffling right now, and he's seems like he's searching for solutions to improve the team. And he's probably going to have to go outside the box to do that. And maybe he figures it out. Maybe he didn't. He concocted a brilliant playoff strategy with using starters in the bullpen in the eighth inning. And and that worked out brilliantly. So maybe he figures it out. But Kevin Cash has to do this every single year. This is not new to Kevin Cash. He's used to this. And he usually thrives on it. So when you have a Red Sox roster that's far from perfect and a Yankees roster that's completely injury riddled and flawed in almost every aspect you can think of. Baltimore is not going to be relevant for a little while. And Toronto, I mean, if they make the right deadline moves, they could at the very least win a wild card team. I, I, I don't know. I still don't know why. Look at Toronto for a second. They didn't need Marcus Simeon. Like he's helping. I mean, but they could have spent that eighteen million on pitching. They also could have spent the twenty-five million a year on Springer for pitching. They definitely don't need Springer. <laughs> if they've got Simeon, they don't need Springer. And they're mashing without Springer right now, who's played like four or five games before going back on the disabled list. And for for the twenty five million they spent on Springer, they could have had Garrett Richards, Taiwan Walker, and Martin Perez for the same exact money, and probably had you know a little bit better pitching. Um, so I, I'm a little skeptical about Toronto's fundamental understanding on building a solid rotation, but. Um, but getting back to Tampa, I just, I saw the division for what it was at the start of the year. And I said, you know what? I think Tampa's going to win it. Could Toronto have? Maybe. Could the Yankees have exceeded my expectations? Also maybe, but I just, I was feeling Tampa and look what they're doing. So. So that about does it right on the 30-minute mark, which is where we like to be for these extra shows. So hope you enjoyed it. We will be back, I don't know, 48 hours from now. We're recording this on Monday, uh, if we're being completely honest. So we'll be back on, yeah, so Wednesday night. So it'll be 24 hours after this one. So bing, bang, boom, we're going to be rattling them off here early in the week. Uh, and then to, again, cover the Atlanta series, which our expectations are not very high. All three of us picked an Atlanta sweep two to nothing. So hopefully we're wrong about that. And hopefully our pitching dominates because we desperately need to see that. And again, we'll be back to discuss it on Wednesday. Take care.